Hello and welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show designed to help individuals who struggle with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Jerry Cook and I hope that you had a wonderful 4th of July week and that you're rested and feeling amazing. So today I want to talk to you a little bit more about dealing with offenses. Misfits are often misunderstood or taken advantage of. And it would be great to get to that point where we're unoffendable. But if we're not there yet, maybe what we learn about in Mosiah 10 might help us, help us. So in Mosiah 10, just a little bit of background first. It's a record of Zenith where he takes his people to possess the land of Lehi-Nephi. And it was previously inhabited by the Lamanites. And the Lamanite king made an agreement with Zenith that they can, they can have it. Over time, the people of Zenith were taxed. Lamanites wanted to enslave them. And there were some very serious and deadly battles associated with that. I want to go ahead and read a few of these verses. And you'll see that there's a pattern that exist in these verses. In Mosiah 10, verse 12, Zenith is describing the Lamanites. They were a wild and a ferocious and a bloodthirsty people, believing in the tradition of their fathers, which is this, believing that they were driven out of the land of Jerusalem because of the iniquities of their fathers, and that they were wronged in the wilderness by their brethren, and they were also wronged while crossing the sea. And again, that they were wronged while in the land of their first inheritance after they had crossed the sea. And all this because that Nephi was more faithful. Now, of course, Lamanites didn't teach that Nephi was more faithful. They believed that Laman and Lamuel were doing what was right. They believed that Laman and Lamuel were, should have received what they deserved, what, what belonged to them, and that Nephi and his followers wronged them. Continuing on in verse 14, And his brethren, meaning Laman and Lemuel, were wroth with Nephi because they understood not the dealings of the Lord. They were also wroth with him upon the waters because they hardened their hearts against the Lord. And again, they were wroth with him when they had arrived in the promised land because they said he had taken the ruling of the people out of their hands. And again, they were wroth with him because he departed into the wilderness as the Lord had commanded him and took the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass. And thus they have taught their children that they should hate the Nephites and that they should murder them and they should rob and plunder them and do all they could to destroy them. For this cause has King Laman by his cunning and lying craftiness and his fair promises deceived me that I have brought this my people up to this land, that they, the Lamanites, may destroy the Nephites. So here, here's my question. If Zenith knew all these things that the Lamanites were being taught, why did he make a deal with the Lamanite king in the first place? If he knew that he couldn't trust the Lamanites or the Lamanite king, why did he make a deal in the first place to have the land of Lehi-Nephi? It was because Zenith 
was overambitious. It was because he thought the greater good was coming out of this. He thought, you know what? At the very least, I'm doing my people a service, so this is worth it. This is going to work out okay. He knew all these things going into it. And it's very interesting to me, and I often wonder what kinds of stories that have been passed on from one generation to the next do I believe? We see these kinds of things in our society today, that whether it's race, a hatred of another race, because they feel wronged by them, or it might be a social status saying, you know, going after the rich or the rich going after the poor. We are so contentious today as a society because we each believe that we were wronged and that that gives us the liberty, the freedom to be wroth, to be deceitful, or to do things that we otherwise wouldn't do if we weren't wronged. Now, we could say, you know what, just uh, let's, let's, let's take the other approach. Instead of feeling that we're wronged and getting angry about it, let's just, you know what, spirit of contention is of the devil. I'm just going to let people do with whatever they want to do to me, and I will be the Christ-like one. I will be the loving one. I will be the forgiving one. I believe that. I 100% believe it, okay? 100% believe it. My concern or caution, however, is I think a lot of people who are in this boat are actually living in denial. I really do. And that, that doesn't mean that I think everyone is, but I've been there where I think, you know what? What people did was wrong. You just need to let it go. Okay, what they did was wrong. They did it wrong again. You just need to let it go. 70 times 7, right? 490 times. Okay, you know what? If 490 times is, is okay, let's go to 1,000 times. The, the, the more, the better, and the more, more righteous or Christ-like that I am. I, I struggle with this because I do want to follow the teachings of Christ. But a lot of times people leave out the other parts to that that we have been commanded. You can see this in the Doctrine and Covenants, and you can see this in the Old Testament. You can see it other places as well, that we have been commanded to protect ourselves and our families. So I can't always reconcile those, those two ideas, but I also think that in studying addictions and addictive behaviors and as individuals and also within families, that addictions often happen for two reasons, or I, I shouldn't say happen, but are allowed to continue because of two reasons. Number one, the person with the addiction does not take responsibility. Number two, that there is someone who enables them or allows them to not take responsibility. I have been in many of these boats as well as an enabler myself. And I think it's something that I'm, I'm probably more sensitive to than I probably need to be. But it is something that I'm very cautious of, of that when I am in a relationship or, um, you know, I'm very, very careful about, okay, how, how is it I need to take responsibility for my behavior? Did Limhi do that? Well, he didn't do it, and I always don't do it. 
But Limhi really didn't, did he? He took at least two chapters to blame the Lamanites for who they were. He blamed the Lamanites even though he knew that they were deceitful, a bloodthirsty people, and yet he's just like, yeah, but I, it's not my fault. You know, the whole Adam and Eve thing, it's not my fault. Eve gave it to me. Eve was saying, it's not my fault. The serpent gave it to me. And there's a sense of, well, it's not my responsibility if someone else wronged me. You see, I'm not, I'm not angry for no reason. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. This is, this is righteous anger, folks, because someone has wronged me. I do believe that there are wrongs and there are offenses. And I don't think that we simply need to turn the other way because I don't think that really solves anything. The main question that I have for ourselves is when we are wronged or when, we are perce- when we're perceiving that we're wrong, what is it that we do about it? You see, because if I feel like someone has wronged me, that it essentially probably subconsciously, gives me the right to treat them and other people unfairly or unjustly. Well, it's not my problem. It's something that happened to me. I'm just simply responding to what other people, they dished it out to me. I'm simply dealing with it. What kinds of stories are we telling ourselves when we are wronged? What kinds of stories are we telling other people, such as our children, when we are wronged? And how much personal responsibility do we take for those things? We're responsible for our actions. Zenith should have been held responsible by himself, preferably, for making a deal with the Lamanites when he knew they were simply out to trick him. He was out for a better deal. He was essentially perhaps trying to trick them. Hey, you know what? I'm a Nephite. This is our land. We deserve it. And the Lamanites are going, well, this is our land and we deserve it. They both had their own stories. They both had their own histories. And they were both responding because of how they felt wronged. I believe that when we're wronged in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we need to ask ourselves, just as Limhi, or excuse me, just as Zenith needed to ask himself, do I have any responsibility in this? Now, whether it's 100% or 50% or 1%, we still have some responsibility in that. And that's how we learn and we grow. A friend of mine a while back ago recommended a book to me called Extreme Ownership uh, by Jocko Williams. And it's, it's written by a uh, you know, someone who served in the military, so you could expect some language that is, uh, you know, may, may not be for your, your young children at the very least, or maybe not even for you. I'm sensitive to, to language as well. And, uh, but there is one thing that I really liked about the book. It is that he encouraged us to take what is called extreme responsibility or extreme accountability. And this is what they call extreme ownership. And I'll go ahead and put the link to that book in the show notes. So again, I really like the idea of taking extreme ownership. I like it in most situations. 
The one situation that I kind of have a problem with, however, is let's say in a family situation or a family dynamics, when one person is constantly taking responsibility for another person, sometimes that could fuel into addictive behavior. That can encourage things like we saw among the Lamanites where they essentially say, you know what, it's okay for me to go to battle against these people. It was okay for me to lie. It was okay if we made an agreement and I didn't fulfill it because, well, they weren't honest with me and their fathers weren't honest with me. And I'm, I'm okay to be deceitful because, well, that, you know, Nephites are just automatically deceitful. So again, that's my question to each and every one of us. What are, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? And are we holding ourselves with extreme ownership and accountability? How we respond to that? I think it is, this is just my personal belief, that it is okay to go to those people who have wronged us. It might be because we didn't explain ourselves well, or it might be because they were being deceitful, like King Laman and Messiah chapters 9 and 10. Are we, like Zenith, going to hold to our, our, stick to our guns essentially and say, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I did everything right. And my, my people love me because I brought them, I brought them to this land and, and, and yeah, I, I know I shouldn't have, but it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. That we take personal responsibility for how we react to those issues. And that if we do have a battle, an argument, a discussion with a person who has wronged us, that hopefully we do it respectfully, rather than in a way that's out to destroy them. And then the question is, if they continue to offend us or deceive us, then we need to learn something from that. And I hate saying that, but there's some people who can't be trusted. I think we could probably trust a lot more people than what we think. But at the same time, some people may not be good for you. Some people may not be good to hang out with every Saturday night. Sometimes it's important to set boundaries. And I'll talk about those boundaries in a future episode. Hopefully that was helpful. Listen to the stories you tell yourselves. Where are those stories? Those stories are in your thoughts and in your words that you share with other people. Pay attention to them over the next week and pay attention to how they influence, how angry you get, how contentious you get, and pay attention to taking extreme ownership or responsibility that you have. In the show notes, I'm going to put a few different links. One is to the book, Extreme Ownership. Uh, another link, there is this incredible video that was provided years ago in seminary of a young warrior who takes this journey into the desert and a snake asks him, yes, the snake is speaking, the snake asks him to pick him up and carry him. The young warrior doesn't trust him at first, but decides, you know what, you said that you would not bite me, and I guess I could trust you. You seem kind of nice, and um, you know I'll also have some company going up the mountain. And uh, at, at the end, the snake bites him. And it's really analogous, analogous to sin biting us when we don't think that any harm will come from it. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I was told it wouldn't be a big deal, and I, I got hurt. 
And the same thing happened with Zenith and the Lamanites. And the question is, how do we keep those th kinds of things from happening to us as misfits or misfits in the church or misfits for the cause of Christ? How do we decrease the likelihood of those things happening? And just as importantly, how do we make it so that those things do not essentially rot our hearts like they did for the Lamanites? And I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you.